Just like Double Mint Gum, we're now twice as nice with the premiere edition of the weekday No Agenda. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation, East and Southwest London, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in Silicon Valley North, also known as Gitmo Nation, period. Ah, what do you mean? I don't get my piece of Gitmo anymore? You know, you get to be Gitmo Nation, whatever, East, and there's Gitmo Nation West should be China. <laughs> It's all one big Gitmo nation, man. So, so I um, noticed that Rush Limbaugh now has a Gitmo uh, nation thing going oh, on. Oh, you're kidding me. He calls it Gitmo nation, literally? No, it's something else, but it's similar. Oh, man. He's using Gitmo. What so we have to come dick. with another T-shirt. to com- com- Yeah, well, he'll sell more than we will, but I'll have to come up with something for Saturday. Well, you say that now, but you never know. Now that we're doing two shows a week... <sighs> Yeah, twice as many opportunities. <laughs> Big heavy sigh. This was your idea. So yeah. I'm reading, by the way. So I get up this morning, and I get some email from a friend who sends me the. Uh, and I'm going to blog it so people out there can you can pick this up later this afternoon because it's actually posted at the on the New York Post. The entire list, a hundred, I think no, it's three hundred pages of everybody scammed by Madoff. Oh, man. Excellent. It's like, can you find some of your friends? I couldn't find anybody, but I did a couple. You can search because it's a PDF file. And so I found a lot of, like, 12 people in Berkeley, you know, that got nailed. Well, I I saw a partial list, and it had uh, didn't have Ben Affleck on it and a couple of Hollywood movie stars. I haven't found those yet. I just got it. So, But Mm -hmm. I did did, uh, find uh, the venture capitalist Arthur Rock. Oh, and we know Arthur (laughs) from where? He's a, he's a, he was one of the early investors in Apple. But the funny thing is, is that I think that this thing, I, I made a, a copy of it, obviously, because I think this is going to be pulled down because there's so many people on this list that are going to be embarrassed. No one wants to look like a douche, yeah. So, and they're all, you know, most of a lot of lawyers, I think they're going to sue to get these, this thing taken over. But it's too late. It's going to be on the Internet. If anybody out there can get a copy of it, save, you know, save it. Yeah, save and it. And then the, it'll be around forever. Have you but, been following the testimony of the uh, the whistleblower about the Madoff case? Oh, I watched it yesterday. The guy was just blasting. Isn't it beautiful? I mean, it, he's he's almost like a truther. <laughs> he's up there. He's like, I'm coming with another mini Madoff tomorrow who's been scamming for a billion. He just keeps on going. And the uh, SEC is inadequate and under-equipped and under-motivated. And, they, and dumb. <laughs> and he, he didn't quite say that. But man, oh, man. And then the did you see the SEC? They came out and, and testified, and there were just a bunch of bureaucratic weenies led by some woman that, named oh, Linda Thompson. Yeah, and she couldn't. And she's like, uh, unfortunately, because the case is under investigation, I can't answer that question. <sighs> she is the worst. It's it it's just unbelievable. But I love the I forget who it was. I really should pay attention to these senators and congressmen. Um, and, and, and of course, it's a guy from a smaller state. That's why no one knows him. He says, you know, I don't think the scam is Bernie Madoff. I think I think the scam is you <laughs> pointing right at the SEC. I'm like, yeah, baby. Right the only thing on. I didn't get to didn't get to see is, is you know, the commentary would maybe it happened. I didn't get to see the whole thing would be something like, you know, and so why does Martha Stewart go to jail? You know, for well, it's for the, it's for the same reason that when um, when everyone when uh, President Obama 
said, yeah, you know, I, I smoked weed and I smoked a lot of it or I inhaled a lot, I think was his quote. You know, it's like, okay, we just kind of let that go. And then poor Michael Phelps, I mean, granted, it, uh, bong pictures never look good. They just make you look <laughs> incredibly dumb. And, you know, now so this guy's like, blog. yeah, losing all his sponsorship and you know, he's ashamed <laughs> and, you know, you're no longer a role model. It's like, dude. But, but, I, but again, I will state that bong pictures just don't look good. <laughs> it's just it, it just has a very negative thing to it. Yeah, also, the, you know, I mean, it's just it looks like I mean, it's not because of the size and all. It's not a crack pipe, but it has that that image. <laughs> it's pipe. not even close to a crack pipe. Oh man, poor guy. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's, uh, marijuana is not on the list of illegal substances for um, for many sporting leagues and events. And the way I see it, if the guy's half stoned and can still swim like that, holy crap. Give him two gold medals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. Like, way to go, my buddy. <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, like, <laughs> did the gun go off yet? <laughs> no, no, no. Professional smokers are not like that, John. You should know better. Oh, man, I think so. <laughs> oh. so, uh, so I was watching. There was something on... Uh, I think it was another one of these PBS things where they're sh- talking about all these people, you know, like Ireland. Everyone's like closing out all their c- companies and everybody's moving to Poland. You've been noticing this. Is there any action in the uh, EU news about this? Well, well see, the, the, the movement's called delocalization. Yeah, well, not specifically about Ireland, but all of the EU right now is the wheels are coming off this thing as we speak. I mean, it's, everyone's messed up because of this, you know, protectionism, which is the, the huge thing everyone's talking about here, and jobs moving from left to right. I did not know that the Irish are moving to Poland, which seems like a very surprising move indeed, seeing as most <laughs> okay. of Europe is filled with Poles who come over here to work for a couple of months and go back well, home. Yeah, well, apparently a lot of them are going back home in droves. Anyway, the uh, which is a weird sentence. Anyway, it was, but it was about Irish mainly because then they opened, they've opened up a slew of Irish pubs in various cities. And the in one, Poland, in Warsaw. In Poland. No, not Warsaw, Wudge. Wudge. Would you yeah, blow the third me? Biggest, Isn't the would, would, third, you, would you blow me? The third, maybe. <laughs> not me, but I think that may be going on in, around Wudge. Uh, anyway, it's the third biggest city in Poland. And it looks to me to be one of those, you know, let's uh, here, let's move everything into this place and give them all the tax breaks we can and do this, mm-hmm. that, and the other thing. And uh, I, it's probably worth checking out. Well, Ireland is economically is in deep, deep kimchi. They're really in trouble. Num- a number of European countries are, are now getting into massive problems and their their country debt is being downgraded. I get the biggest kick out of the whole situation. <laughs> We're downgrading First your they country. Set up this idiotic EU, and then you know, because now you know, oh, you know, I don't understand why you would say something like that. This crazy EU with all these countries that never really got along before. That's why they're all their own countries. But let's ignore that. And then you bring in these Eastern European countries that are hungry and they're more aggressive, and many of them are like glad to, you know they're they're super capitalists because yeah. they got under they were under communist rule for so long. They've gone crazy. And they and expanded. Like 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 wildfire with you know huge expensive stores and everyone was borrowing money like crazy because you could do it now, just like the Americans. Oh yeah. And anyway, so they so like in Poland for example, so they go crazy. They they're just going nuts, and and the EU because of the way it's structured, they're they're, they're subsidizing this. <laughs> uh, it's such a shambles, man. It's like let's ruin Ireland and subsidize Poland. 
And now Poland's got the only viable economy or one of the few in the, all, these other East, Eastern uh, European countries. <laughs> it just cracks me up. What incompetent boneheads are running this operation? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I've got uh, some audio for you today. This is what's uh, been driving the media nuts here in the UK for the past uh, two days. This is Gordon Brown, who made another one of his Freudian slips. Um, you're going to hear him say uh, that we're in a depression instead of a recession, and that just drove everyone crazy. Have a listen. In large numbers of country, we face a downward spiral. I'll give you a little bit of extra audio for context. Anybody, because foreign banks have left. It's all the more reason why, first of all, we should sign the Doha Agreement, and that will feature on the G20 agenda. Secondly, we should make sure that every country is analysed for what it is doing by the World Trade Organisation to prevent protectionism. And it also is absolutely clear that we should agree as a world on a monetary and fiscal stimulus that will take the world out of depression. There it is. Oh, yeah. So everyone's like, now you have to publicly say you meant recession and not depression. Such a tool. If he had any balls, he'd say, yeah, no, I meant depression, jerk-offs. Just, just for no. laughs, should we listen to that other gaffe he made about saving the world? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I like that one. The, f- the first point of recapitalization was to save banks that would otherwise have collapsed. And we not only saved the world, uh, saved the banks. And- <laughs> yeah! <laughs> but listen, listen to, I love their parliament. Listen to how everyone's going nuts. We not only saved the banks. <laughs> and now he's trying to turn around. Save the world's banks, I meant. Look, they're going crazy. So what, where does that come from, John? When, I mean, these are, you call them Freudian slips, but of course they have nothing to do with sex, I don't think. But when someone makes, does these Freudian slips, gaffes, can, gaffes yeah, when it, but it's clearly a slip because you know the guy didn't really mean to say save the world. You know that he just messed up. But it doesn't mean that is on his mind and he is thinking that way. I don't know. You'd have to talk to a psychiatrist or psychologist about that. But I mean, wait a minute. That's a job, uh, a vocation you have not say, yet. I held? mean, you have to to form <laughs> the words save the world. You have ha- you 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 have to have structured that sentence somewhere along the line, uh-huh. uh, so you could blurt it out like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's probably you know thinking that, or I mean, that guy's an idiot. <sighs> yeah, well, that's more than. And anyway, you see, you got the Doha thing thrown yeah, in. I, what, what, what is that? What is the Doha agreement? That sounds isn't bad. That the, isn't that the, uh, the Lisbon Treaty reformulated? Oh no, Doha no, no, is no, a no. trade agreement. That's the trade thing. There you go. Yes, yeah, that crazy trade agreements where, where it's essentially opening up more markets. It's, not, it's just some way to scam the public. I don't know. Anyway, enough of those idiots. Really? Thing I, really? Because I, 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 I got to say well, something about yeah. Well, I got to say something about our president this morning. I'm trying to Obama? find. Yeah, that one. I'm trying to. Find, <laughs> wow, I sounded very Republican there. Which one? Which one of the ones? President that was, Obama, that was, our current president. The, but the, the real one, or, or the, the one, or the that, one that took the other oath? I don't know. I think it's the TV Obama. That's the one. Okay. Because this well, morning, that's a, that's a different guy than the president. Yes, I understand, uh, and okay. I'm, I concur with your theory. Uh, on CNBC this morning, live, 
and I can't, it, it wasn't on C-SPAN because I was switching around trying to find the feed because they did interrupt it at a certain point. They had, and this was the funny part, they had um, Obama speaking at a, quote, private breakfast. It even had the, the caption on screen, President Obama speaking at private breakfast, which is broadcast How live. How can it be? I know, broadcast <laughs> live on CNBC. <laughs> And he goes in this whole thing about FDR and how he led these prayer sessions. And, um, you know, uh, during uh, the, the tough times, he would go to these breakfasts and he would pray with it. I mean, it, to me, and, and of course, CNBC cut it off too early. It seemed like the president was literally saying, please, let's pray <laughs> because we're so screwed. Pray, pray. That's all we can do. It just really freaked me out. I have no idea where I can find this video. But it was this whole wind up, and I'm like, "Oh my God, he's gonna he's gonna ask us all to pray." You know, the thing is, but about about Obama and these uh, references to Roosevelt during the campaign, didn't he, or during the debates, perhaps, didn't he make a big fuss over the fact that we shouldn't be looking backward, we should be looking forward, because Bush had made some Absolutely. reference of some sort. Uh-huh. What well, this is that the, all he's been doing since is looking backward. Yeah, I agree. Roosevelt. Nobody, I mean, how many people were, 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 that listen to this podcast or, or even around were alive during Roosevelt's administration? I mean, he died in 1944, I believe. So, I mean, it was like, you know, the entire baby boom generation was born after he's, he was dead. How, how many terms so, did he serve? Did he serve two terms? Four. He served four terms? Yeah, he served four terms, and the, he's the reason that two things had happened because of him, which one of them is quite ironic. He, because he served four terms, they passed. That's when the constitutional amendment came into place, saying you can't be president more than twice. Because uh, it was oh, the, I was going to say, because I thought it was illegal. Okay. It was illegal after, after him. After him. Uh-huh. Because they said, look, we, we're not going to go through this again. And, and the public, well, you know, they, you know they, if, if that constitutional amendment wasn't passed, let's face it, Clinton would still be president. It's interesting, the young, fo- it's interesting the founding fathers didn't put any term limits in there. Well, they assumed because these guys were going to run once or twice because it was kind of a, a job where you didn't have, you know, it was just a job. And, you know, you didn't yeah, want they, to really, they, they didn't they didn't take into account the military industrial complex and the revolving door of lobbyists and all the money that actually makes the system, this new system work. Right. OK, they didn't. And so that's <laughs> well, in fact, what, they warned they warned against it, in fact. <laughs> yes, they did. And so um, they, you know, so so this possibility existed where you'd have somebody just damn near become a king. Now, if it was Clinton, uh, I mean, he'd still be in office, which means he'd be, been in office and running for his fifth term. You know, he'd be the Obama. He'd be in for five terms and maybe six because he's so. I mean, he's still young enough to run two or three more times. You know, luckily Roosevelt was old, you know, and he had polio and he wasn't that healthy. Um, but he would have been in there forever, you know, the way it was going. So anyway, so that's one thing that happened. So they 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 added the constitutional amendment. Right. The second thing they did was uh, sometime after I think it was after the Truman administration, the Repu- the Republicans pushed into play the fairness doctrine. Ah, this was uh, where you have to provide equal airtime, which I was taught in college when I studied communications. That was still in place. Yeah, Right. It was uh, until 1987 the Fairness Doctrine was in place. And the Fairness Doctrine was pushed by the Republicans... uh, ...because the uh, Democrats were abusing the privilege. They, they They owned the media? 
No, they were they, oh, they well they've always had the liberal I mean the the, the amount of liberal uh, perspective amount of liberal perspective within the media has always been very high and it remains so. How were they using and it so, unfairly? And they were using it unfairly. How? Well, they were just it, well, I guess they were having these, you know, the same, what was like going on, you know, with the, these certain kinds of broadcasters or, or I guess the president, I think it had a lot to do with the president, you know, this fireside chat that Roosevelt ah, did, right, he initiated right, that. So he's right. on all the time on the radio, blah, 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 blah. And nobody could say anything <laughs> People against of America, him. Let us pray. And so, you know, he didn't have any balance at all and there was no way of getting any. So, um, the fairness doctrine came in, so now when the president gave his weekly address on the radio, you know, a Republican could come out and say, "Hey, this guy's full of crap," or or the other way around. Anyway, so um, the fairness doctrine was initiated, and it balanced things out. And then it became part of broadcasting lore, where you'd have to have one guy than the other, and the, you'd have exactly. to have like an yeah, equal time. And Reagan is the one who said, "This is a crock. I mean, the times have changed. Let's just drop this thing." And then what happened then? Of course, was the he, he, he also of, he also deregulated uh, all television and radio, so all so that it could all kind of roll up. That, didn't he do the first deregulation? I'm not sure who did the first deregulation of television and radio. Maybe, but whatever the case was, the fairness doctrine was d- dropped, and then the the rise of right wing talk radio, which is really a minor player, uh, came into vogue. As you know, Rush Limbaugh is the one who discovered it. I mean, he figured it out first. Let's put it that way, and um, if to the tune of four hundred million dollar contract, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, and now the Democrats are all bent out of shape because you know he all you know he's just a critic, and they don't want any critics, and so they want to reinstitute the fairness doctrine, not realizing that they're the ones who had benefited from this wide open structure more than anyone. And in fact, the, fa- the fact of the matter is, is that Limbaugh he didn't make make Obama lose the election. He's just a guy who's carping all the time. They these guys don't want anybody complaining. He didn't. There was no. The election didn't go to uh, McCain because of right wing talk radio. Hey, notice this. McCain didn't even win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. right wing talk radio is an ancillary function of you know of inter- the entertainment business, and uh, the fact is, it just I think it just bugs them that you have people like Michael Savage and people like Rush Limbaugh, you know, calling out. People like Nancy Pelosi, and she's the one that wants to get rid of it. It would go reinstitute the uh, oh, fairness really? because she's the target. Oh, she's a you know. I, I put her on uh, Mevio today that airs tomorrow with her um, her press conference where she says five hundred million Americans will lose jobs. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's it's a gaffe, but I just couldn't resist. That one in the fisting gag. <laughs> well, I said it's no wonder they can't figure out their taxes. Can't even count the number of people in the country. Five hundred million people. Which and the, I didn't get. I, I missed that one. I got to blog it. Yeah, yeah. I'll um, I'll send you the clip. But uh, but but just on that topic, dude. It's like it's been four people, four nominations in this administration have evaded taxes. Yeah. Or evaded may be a strong word, but they didn't complete the pay. Did you catch the thing where, uh, even though he's now been affirmed, Timothy Geithner, now this is the guy who was also partly responsible for $350 billion of TARP money that uh, has already been handed out to his buddies and Paulson's pals, Paulson's pals, in the morning. And um, he was, during his testimony, you know, they're drilling into this tax thing and said, well, you know, so how did you prepare your taxes? And he says, with TurboTax. (laughs) (laughs) 
like, <laughs> so that's probably what he uh, compiled the TARP money with, too. I just uh, put it in my TurboTax here, and uh, oh, look at that. A lot of money goes to my friends for bonuses, which is a total distraction, by the way. Total distraction. I think they're playing it up, and and the public, of course, loves it. Yeah, you because know, there's nothing nothing more closer to home than nothing closer to home than than tax issues. But meanwhile, you know, there's all kinds of crap coming down, John, and the president go, going around saying, "I'm sorry, I screwed up." What's up with that? I don't know. He he, he did that during the campaign too. When some he likes to say that I, it's just his style. You know, I mean, at least he's like you know the difference between I screwed up and him just taking it, taking the blame. Uh, as opposed to the way Bush would have handled, I thought about this. Bush would have probably pointed the finger at somebody and then fired him, and you know, or something like that. But he, but he wouldn't have been the, you know, the. Well, the there was no one. To, there was no one. There's no one to fire. Daschle took himself off the list. It was not, not yeah. a firing situation. Yeah, I think the Democrats have always had, ever since Harry Truman, a buck stops here type of uh, approach to uh, taking the blame for whatever happens. In other words, the president, you know, is the, he just says it's my fault when it probably wasn't. Because let's face it, he's not. Of course, of course he's it was bunch of it. That's what yeah. now you hit the nail on the head. That's what bothers me about it. It's not his fault. It's just not. Yeah, I know, but it's his fault that he picked somebody who made the mistake. So it is his fault. It, and maybe when he's saying I screwed up, he's not talking about the actual thing that we see as the screw up, but somebody that he let make a decision. That's the screw up. He didn't just didn't elucidate it. Do you think that people uh, find him more endearing? Do you think it worked if that indeed was the was the plan? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm I'm glad that we have two President Obamas, as you claim. I, I, because because the number one guy is pretty damn busy with all this TV appearances. Every morning he's doing a get. When does he have time to meet and discuss with people? He's always on TV. Yeah, and he's doing private breakfasts. Yeah, public. I mean, I haven't got enough, barely enough time to eat breakfast, let alone have a <laughs> private huge breakfast <laughs> where I have to give a speech. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. I'm, it's, it's it's good that we got two of them. We need him. As long as there's only one Rahm Emanuel, then I'm okay. Then I'm content. There's <laughs> two of those guy. guys. I'm, 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 then I'm really, really scared. So I'm, I'm waiting for the third shoe to drop. As you know. <laughs> the third shoe. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for the fifth shoe to drop. Well, that's not that funny. Two people I know pretty well have died in the past week. Oh, you got the triple. Who are they? Uh, the first guy actually happened the, the last day I was in San Francisco. I told you about uh, one of the very first directors I ever worked with. Right, right. Yeah, you don't come off. And I'm not quite sure how he passed away, and I'm, I'm, af- you know, I'm afraid to post anything until I know, because he was a really heavy Galois smoker. Although he probably got hit by a car, that would be very typical. Um, so it's just weird, you know, guy you work with for, oh shit, twenty five years, and then the um, the other one. Uh, and both of these, I, f- I found out a little bit after the fact. So this also happened a couple of days ago. Gary Christmas, who was uh, one half of the infamous Christmas Twins, who had a coffee shop. Uh, these were uh, two Americans, uh, American Indians. It's, it's like African American slash American Indians was kind of. I'm not quite sure. They were all over the map, and they had uh, performed for many, many. What are you doing, man? Are you just, I'm sorry. If you're not interested, you know, just don't make any noise, okay? I'm talking about dead people here. I'm gonna have I'm, sorry. I'm gonna have Gary Christmas come down and put a curse on you. 
But no, they, don't but, do that. But they performed uh, since the the forties with Tina. Tur- well, not with Tina Turner in the forties, but they performed on stage since the forties and later were on tour with Tina Turner. And you know they had a, a really good, cool act. And Gregory died. I don't know, eight or nine years ago. They're twins, and uh, so Gary passed away. And they they had lived in Amsterdam for I don't know twenty longer than twenty, maybe thirty years with a coffee shop that actually served coffee um, huh. and tuna fish sandwiches, American style. What do they call those things? What. A coffee shop that serves coffee. I've never seen one. Uh, well, it didn't have the word coffee shop on the front because uh, ah. that that would that would bring in the wrong clientele in Amsterdam. It was called Backstage, and uh, so anyway, and now I'm just waiting. You know, I'm like, and and you're sitting around going like, you know, because we d- discussed this. Like, yeah, they always come in threes and like two down. Right. Fuck. I, hope, I ho- hope I'm not number three. Wait, why would you be number three? I, I don't know. It's people I know. They know me. It's now getting into my circle. You know. You haven't been hung out with these people for years. Is they're part of a different milieu? It'll be somebody else that, somebody else in that same clique. All right then. Hey, congratulations! I didn't have a chance to congratulate you on your top twenty-five Forbes most uh, what is it? Most influential people on the web. <laughs> Celeb web celebs. Oh, web celebs. Which yeah, uh, yeah, great. We discussed this at uh, at dinner. And uh, pretty much a gay list. There's not a single woman on the list, which is highly suspect and prejudiced and just wrong to start with. And um, it just it just it looked like it was full of little jokes. It might have been because uh, they put Leo and myself at the end of the list. Yeah, with, with Leo uh, and, underneath and we're not you. Gay, by the way, I can assure you. No, I didn't mean it that way. But I think the guys who put it together are gay, and they were having a good time with it and picking cute guys to go on the list. And then, as a joke at the end, they threw you and Leo in. Yeah, and they made and to make it even funnier, they put me ahead of Leo, who's really more of a web celeb than I am. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think it was it was it, the whole thing was an inside joke. Uh, I mean, the number one web celeb, according to these characters, is uh, Perez Hilton, and um, then it would just it was just all over the place after that. It was actually quite funny. Uh, it was you know I, I guess Leah was on the list before. I didn't even know this list existed. Forbes has a lot of lists. Yeah, and I guess I should send these guys a. Well, that's their franchise, right? Is it the, is it the Forbes five hundred yeah. or is it the Fortune five hundred? No, the Forbes Forbes richest man, richest man, whatever. Right, that's their franchise. That's all they got going for them. And it's just like a rag well, mag, and that shit is never right when it comes to fortunes. No, it can't be. It's almost impossible. They, I'll tell you the truth. I worked there, and they put a lot of work, serious amount of work and effort into that list, into that world's richest list. I mean, occasionally they'll screw up one of the lists, like the most influential. They, one time I remember they left off, I think they accidentally left off Oprah Winfrey when they did most influential Oops. women in show business, and she wasn't even on the list no, of our top 100. Me. And then the next year she was number two. <laughs> yeah, Vita Gutmacher is what we call that. <laughs> and so uh, so they do make these huge blunders, but the top, the richest list may have some errors and people left out because they've avoided contact. But the fact of the matter is these guys go through a lot. They have people working on that list all year round, and there's a, and not just a few people. What a sad result so, for the amount of work that goes into it then. What, the richest list? Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I, 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 know, don't I, I know I, I know. I people on the list, and they say, incorrect, those guys don't know how to count. 
They take as much yeah. public information as possible, and it's also, you know, is that how, there's a perception amongst the public, like, is that how much, you know, so he's worth $2 billion? Is it $2 billion, a pile of money sitting somewhere? No, of course not. You know, what is it really worth? What's it all invested in? You know, they take company values based upon public information. It's not correct. It's just not. Are you mad because you're not on the list? <laughs> no, not at all. I don't believe anyway, all I know is that they put as much effort into it as they can. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, how much can you really find out about some guy who lives in Dubai and is worth $5 billion? I mean, you know, just not going to, you're not going to get an accurate number. Guy could be worth nothing. I mean, look at Madoff. The more I think about that, and when I was listening to that, what's the guy's name? It's like a Kalowski, is that his name? Oh, I guess the sheet of paper I threw out. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I, th- I think it's Kalowski. Kal- Kalikowski? No, it's not. It starts with an M. Let me, let me get this. No, it, start, it, to it starts with a K. Here. It starts with a K. It's Markopoulos. That's what I mean. Carpomarkopoulos. Mark. Markopoulos. Markopoulos. Whatever. Okay. Back to I'm thinking the whole thing is rigged. The whole freaking system. Everything. I mean, and everyone had to know about it. And everyone, and 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 when you, and, and then I'm looking at these bonuses. <clears throat> Wall Street in uh, 2007 handed out 150 billion dollars worth of bonuses. I mean, come on, <laughs> 150 billion dollars. I mean, that's uh, that's outrageous. That money's coming from somewhere. It's got to be a scam. I mean, when you look at that number alone, you got to think Ponzi scheme. There's just no other way. Yeah, right. We're in the wrong business. Well, too late now. No, no, no. We'll we'll, we'll get into the carbon trading business, and we'll we'll make a bundle on that. Well, that could work. (laughs) So uh, what else is going on? Well, you know, we didn't talk about the Super Bowl and my correct prediction of who's going to win and why. Well, I, I also predicted uh, Pittsburgh. I, I do feel bad that I, I gave you a bum steer, and I told you to watch the commercials, and I think you were probably disappointed. Uh, no, actually, I ended up watching the commercials. I ended up watching the whole game pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so I took some notes. I'll just make a few mentions. I thought it was interesting that they exploited the crew of Flight 1549 and put them on the show. Yep. That's, and then Jennifer Hudson gave, a, a, I thought, the best rendition of the national anthem I've ever heard in my life, even though I thought she was going to fall on her ass because she was in these five-inch spike heels oh. and, sh- and, and literally shaking up there. I'm, I didn't see it, so I'm, now I'm just jealous. Oh, it was unbelievable. I thought it was, it was, she was hitting notes. I didn't realize, you know, that thing's a hard thing to sing because you have to hit this note in the middle of nowhere. She, like, not only hit the note, but she went beyond it. She actually made that, she has a hell of a range, this woman. What did she, what, she went into flageolet on that? But uh, it was, uh, I, what's her I, name? I'm telling him, uh, my Jennifer Hudson, my, uh, a couple glasses on the shelf busted. <laughs> wow. Hold on. Let me, uh, oh, it's been released on iTunes. Mm. You'll get a kick out of it. That's interesting. And anyway... Uh, they say she the lip-synced, though. This, this is the story that I'm reading. That it wasn't didn't look like it. If she lip-synced, she did a heck of a job, because she was she was she didn't look like it. Anyway, mm. be that as it may. Mm. Uh, here's what I thought about the ads. Okay. Could, you, could they have done more house ads? I counted 10 or 11 house ads... For NBC before the first half, and then I stopped counting. 
And did House come on right after uh, the Super Bowl? No, not House. House. I'm talking about House in terms of internal oh, ads. Oh, okay. It was mostly a, for heroes mm-hmm. and uh, one other show they kept promoting. Um, and then, you know, NBC's lineup, you know, this kind of thing. And there was way too many of those. And then the only other thing that was being advertised were movies and uh, what else? That's about it. Oh, here's another exploitation. So they did a uh, – so they're going to have the coin toss for the game? Mm-hmm. So they bring out John Elway, football player, Roger Craig, footballer, and then David Petraeus, the military. <laughs> what? Military. Did he have his, did he have his uh, uniform on? And he's the one, yes. And then he's the one who flipped the coin. What is up with that? Were, that's, that's weird. That's what I'm thinking. This is, some, this is like a commercial event, you know, that's done, run by a football league and on a team. What, what are we bringing the military in for? Oh, hold on. Oh, man. She's taking a deep breath. Let me just hear a little bit what you're talking about. You know, American television does this so well. You get the close-ups of the players. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's good. That's hard to say. It does look a little bit like she's lip-syncing. Well, I don't think you can tell it on the YouTube video. Yeah, I can. I'm a professional. No, but this always looks like you're lip syncing on YouTube. No, well, I'm, I'm, but no, no, no. You can just tell by the lack of force emanating from her face. No, it's possible. If I was doing it, I'd want to lip sync it too. Hell yeah, Who because you, the thing is, you get that slap back from the audio comes back like a, you know, almost a full second later. It's almost impossible to sing in a stadium. Mm, okay. And anyway, the other thing, they had a kind of a, a questionable ad for the Castrol Edge, which is a oil. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's synthetic, where a man kisses a monkey. <laughs> That's hot. It was kind of gross. Really? Uh, was that for viscosity breakdown? And then, if I don't, yeah. <laughs> and then I got a note here, uh, Al Michaels, ugh, I really dislike his, uh, his uh, announcing. Um, Pepsi Max. Oh, they had a, a trailer for the Star Trek movie mm-hmm. that looked pretty interesting. But again, you know, it's J.J. Abrams, so I'm sure that there's mostly, you know, just suspense and things blowing up. That's about it. Yeah, there was clearly no aha moment. What a great piece of video we just saw. They just don't uh, do I that anymore. The Pepsi ads were pretty, pretty decent. I'll have to go take a and look. There was at a creepy ad for something called G. How was uh, which I think is Gatorade. How was Bruce Springsteen at halftime? Oh yeah, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. I didn't make a note on that. Um, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. I thought he was great, except you know it was like uh, singing, uh, you know, singing tramps like us, baby. We were born to run. And watching him sing that and thinking to yourself, you know, this guy's worth $250 million if he's worth a nickel. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, this song is just completely ridiculous. For him to sing it now, you mean? For him to sing it ever. Ba- you know, tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. Give me a break. <laughs> what? Uh, and then and then at the end, he does have this joke at the end. He says, you know, he has the thing. He's got the camera and he's holding the. But, well, here's the, here's the thing that I made a note of this. 
they introduce him at the beginning, and he comes walking out with a guitar and then takes the guitar off and throws it to somebody and then comes out and sings. What was the point of that? I, I didn't see it, man. I don't know. I mean, why would you wear the guitar in the first place if you're not going to play well, it? Well, maybe he decided to play a different song to start off with. Yeah, right. What, did he, so what was then, the first song? Born in the I USA? Uh, it was, did he do a new, one of the new songs? It might have been. It might have been. Whatever the case was, I thought this was bullshit. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> then he sings, you know, this other stuff. And he's got the whole, not only has Max Weinberg, who's the drummer of his, of his E Street band, but he's got the entire Max Weinberg 7 from the from the, from the the uh, Conan O'Brien show playing, which right. I, must have been a thrill for them. Anyway, at the end, he, he holds up his, you know, he did put a guitar on later and play, and he holds it up and says, I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> so he's probably got, got an extra bonus for, oh, yeah. for pulling oh, that yeah. stunt. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hold on. Let me, let me just hear. That. Let me hear the the glass breaking note, John. Go up. There it is. <laughs> Not everybody can do that. No. Uh, listen to this. Uh huh. Goosebumps. Fuck yeah! America! Fuck yeah! We're America! Bring out Petraeus! We're Americans! It's probably the highlight of the event. That was good. That yeah, was, it was, was good. beautiful. It was oh, and they got the, the the jet fighters flying over. Nice. Oh yeah, you got to have that. Nice. You know, we turn nice. these events. When when did, I, I'm actually annoyed by this. I, when did it become uh, the thing to do? I, I don't. I believe in the 30s or even after World War II, when you went to a baseball game, they didn't do the national anthem. Really? It's a baseball and, game. And no, you, this is new. You recall this, John? Because in my no, boyhood... I know. I know, but I'm telling you, I remember when I was a kid, it was never as played up as much as that. And I used to go to games in yeah, Chicago. It's, it's always like, ladies and gentlemen, please rise for our national anthem. Right. What, what is this, a military event? I thought it was a baseball game. Well, John, for this, Do we have national John. anthems before a bowling tournament? John... I mean, where do you draw the line with this? Well... You know that um, many people find it strange to know that uh, American school kids in the morning, because really you think about in the morning. In the morning. <laughs> you really only, hey, it's American school kids in the morning, everybody. Buzz, uh, buzz killing crackpot here. Yeah. <laughs> That American school kids, not unlike you would you would think of the Chinese school kids, stand up and pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Yeah, you know that in that is all. You know that Patricia finds that creepy. Well, that's something that was instituted. Uh, I, I personally like it. I, I like it. I, I like ple pledging allegiance to uh, our country and our constitution, and and uh, if that symbolizes the flag, I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, we used to do that when I was a kid. I don't know when that came into play. I, that probably was in the 50s or maybe during World War II. I'm not sure. Uh, I know it probably wasn't in existence back in the 1920s. But um, It also helps remind people that we are a republic and to the republic yeah, for which it, is it stands. Good, that, is, that does do that. And uh, I don't know. When I was a kid, we used to do that all the time. Every You know, pledge allegiance to the flag, blah, blah, blah. United States of America. And can you, can you, not, can you not say it? Can you not blah, blah? Can you not pledge the allegiance? No, I can pledge allegiance to the United States of America and for the republic for which it stands. One uh, nation. One nation under God. Uh, and then Indivisible. it goes on. 
indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Hell now. So so that was actually it's not a bad pledge. You know, I, I know that the uh, a lot of uh, Jewish kids would not say the under God part. And of course, nobody right, cared. Right. And um, they'd mumble something. And uh, <laughs> which I don't understand why. I've been OK. And um, it wasn't like under Jesus. And they try to get the, and then there's a bunch of atheists who try to get the under God part removed. Uh, they always and I've, then they I've argue that it was that was only added, I guess, in the mid fifties. I don't I don't even know what the history is. I'm sure Wikipedia has it. And um, I don't know. I think yeah, it's not a bad pledge. And, it's, and you try to say with liberty and justice for all, pounding that home is probably not a bad idea because we're not getting a lot of liberty or justice. And so maybe uh, we'll get some revolt by the kids. I don't know if they still do that pledge every day. Oh yeah. Oh definitely. And in fact, I read somewhere that one school actually had one of those Obama cutouts and that the kids were pledging the allegiance, but looking at the at the Obama cutout. I mean, it sounds like it. Yeah, there was a news story I read. This is another similar story where some teacher because these teach a lot of these teachers, you know, they're in the teachers union. Mm. And uh, one of them, apparently, I I, I was going to blog this, and somehow I didn't. I don't know why I should go back and revisit it. I'm sure it's going to crop up more, though. Apparently, some teacher put a picture. Uh, you know, they have the, the, the guess instead of having a flag. We always had a flag in our class, but instead of having the flag, they have a picture of the flag. And next to the picture of the flag, he put up a picture of Obama. Mm. And so you had, you know, kids standing up doing the Pledge of Allegiance to Obama and the flag. Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, but, you know, Obama was there. And so the kid moaned about this to his parents, who are, you know, kids, obviously some five-year-old or fifth grader who's a Republican, which is creepy if you think about it. And um, they bitched it to the school, and a big fuss was made, and they wouldn't take the picture down. And, you know, the teacher ended up winning, I think, the battle of uh, the Obama picture. But (laughs) I I remember seeing, uh, you know, in some classrooms, if I'm not mistaken, because you float around, you see this stuff, you see it. You know, there was pictures of Clinton or Reagan or pictures of George Bush. I mean, you know, so is a picture of Obama. I, I can't get that worked up about it. Yeah, me neither. But it was one of those stories that people were going, oh, my gosh. Uh, well, you know, the right wing has not reacted with much uh, a grace. Hey, were there any um, commercials about mercury in high fructose corn syrup? On the Super Bowl? No. Okay. Because I'm seeing commercials now debunking. So these are mainstream commercials debunking this. Uh, this I, I'm sure you saw the news that there's uh, apparently yeah. Trace, of, yeah, trace of mercury and high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. And so these commercials are like, hey, um, it has this is with high fructose corn syrup and the guy goes oh i don't i don't want that because you know yeah and then this then, commercial's been around here for a while yeah okay i don't want that and then she go and this cute girl of course the girl's real pretty of course because you want to get laid so we're going to have uh, some high fructose and, corn syrup <laughs> and so the girl says really you don't like it why and he, and he goes and he uh, says, uh, 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 i don't know i don't, I don't know. know and then she i think she throws some propaganda back and i'm like well you know it has fruit you know it's all it is is fruit fructose and sucrose and it's the same as it you know blah, what blah, is blah. it but what is it really john it's a uh, it's a manufactured you one of the reasons i don't like it it's a manufactured sugar that goes through a literally an oil refinery process <laughs> 
<laughs> with guys with with yellow hats on and stuff? Oh, absolutely. Well, you have to have hard hats in a clean environment. Absolutely. And oil slicks everywhere. There's hard hats where this stuff is made. And these guys, you know, again, people with clipboards looking at gauges. And so. Uh, <laughs> looking important. <laughs> hmm. I, I've so got a few more millibars here. Hmm. So this goop falls out of a spigot, you know, after the process is over, and it's uh, it's manufactured. It's not a natural product, and um, it's a it's a m- mixture of different kinds of sugars. Mostly, it's got a lot of fructose, but you know the, the exact structure and is the fruct- way. They, what is fructose? What is that? A well, that's fruit- the kind of sugar that is found in a lot of in most fruit. It's fruit sugar. And um, so, where does the mercury come from? The mercury apparently comes from one of the within the processing. There is, I guess, a uh, some sort of a, 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 a po- poisoning. A po- the poisoning step. The poisoning, the poisoning <laughs> step. Wait, you forgot to pull it through the lethal poisoning tube, Peter. I think it's used as a uh, in in one of the processes in, in some. Um, um, I, I I looked it up to be honest about it after I read the story because I thought this is bull. And it, and there is some stage in the process where there needs where there's a where you need a catalyst. Oh, and on. I think it's part of a catalytic process that turns something into something else it's along the way. And somehow, the mercury which is involved got leached into the process when it really shouldn't. And I guess it became a big scandal. That's well, the only thing I you know. I'm sure a sugar refiner, the guy who runs one of these uh, refineries that makes this crap. Um, well, probably. nothing will happen. Are you kidding me? Nothing's going to happen. This is a, the story's already gone. No one gives a shit. Keep eating. No, your, no, no. Your... There's a lot of underlying. You know, people are getting a little annoyed by uh, the government. By well, the government's inability. You know, they, I think the SEC is a good example. You know, we get these agencies that are supposed to protect us. They don't do anything. Well, you but got the not FDA, only that, they're complicit, John. It's cl- it's clear they're complicit. They're in the plot. They're getting paid. They get hookers. They get dope. They get all kinds of stuff. It's a great big fucking party in D.C. and in any other governmental organization because it's just gone out of control. Well, the public is getting a little tired of it, and I think the FDA is the in their sites they don't trust them and uh they're not doing anything about food we had this 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 poisoning with this salmonella thing with peanut butter i mean the whole country's peanut butter supply which is one of the we were one of the few countries that eats the stuff uh is contaminated and it's apparently been contaminated for a year and they're and the and, owners and of the, this the plant, peanut grinding the plant company yeah, got all kinds of warnings and they were told that they had unhealthy working conditions i know it's an, it's outrageous and why isn't the ceo of that company in jail as we speak because martha stewart makes better headlines so far, this peanut butter has killed eight or more people. Yeah. Eight was the last count I heard, which was last week. I haven't seen what the body count is, you know, since then. And there's so, you know, this is wrongful death written all over it. I'm sure the lawsuits will wipe these guys up, but then again, they'll get nothing because these guys are going to go bankrupt. You can count on that. And the CEO is going to be living in Bermuda. I mean, this guy and probably half the the executive staff. We need to follow the, you know, we need to follow the way China does it. Yeah, hang them. Hang them. Well, we also have melamine in our milk, and it's uh, the FDA actually said it's okay. You can have uh, X parts per million melamine. It's okay in our milk. It's okay. Nothing to see here, yeah. people. Please keep walking. <laughs> Move along. Move, Move along. along. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Just a little bit of melamine being added. <laughs> what I get to, here's the other thing that I think has got to annoy the public. You have, like, we have... Uh, Bicycles. Washington. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's another story. <laughs> we have in Washington State, uh, you know, there's a the Dungeness Valley Creamery, which is down. It's about twenty minute minute drive from our house in uh, Port Angeles, and we get all our milk from there, and it's uh, raw. And this right. guy, who's a clean freak, by the way, which is typical of these raw milk guys, which is, means you, you know you have to really do a serious number. And the cows look so contented at this place; it's unbelievable. They're happy, right? They're like, Moo. you could tell. I mean, seriously, they're smiling. You, look at you can cows, see cows smile. I know you can. Absolutely. This these cows are happy, and they produce a good product. And uh, this guy is harassed. Harangued and yeah. just basically intimidated from the get-go. He was the first uh, raw milk provider in the state of Washington. He's worked on it for ten years, pushing and pushing and pushing the legislation to change, because all these guys who make this crappy product that needs to be pasteurized because it's contaminated and diluted and added melamine to it, because they are support are basically in the cahoots with them. Uh, you know, these, well, I don't see how this raw milk place can stay in business. And uh, meanwhile, the raw milk is a million times better for you if, you know. You know that uh, I, 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 it's just the, the public has got to be sick of this. Of the, the, but, you know, a lot of them are still reading. Stupid. No, no, no. We're not just that. We're looking at Amy Winehouse. It's more important. I went to Sainsbury to go get a couple of to run some errands. And uh, there was no milk because of the blizzard of. Oh nine, that we had here. No milk. There was just no milk. There was no. How do you milk. drink your tea? It's impossible. <laughs> it's a, it's very challenging. But uh, yeah, no milk. You can always switch to green tea during these periods and drink that. That's that doesn't need. So we'll milk. be drinking rock and nettle tea pretty soon, dude. In this country, so so, uh, so broke. I know that's one of the big stories there, but the other one I thought I, I kept running into it in the Daily Mail mm. is the Jessica Simpson chubbing out. Seems to be a big story. You have got to be be kidding me! <laughs> you actually follow that? <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to story. avoid. I know. It's hard to avoid. They keep showing these pictures of her in these kind of funky pants she was wore once, and there the Daily Mail is calling her a size. She's a. I think she's a pretty small girl, but they're calling her size twelve. Oh please! And I'm looking and going. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. No. <laughs> it's so sad. But anyway, I think the public is getting fed up. Well, I hope so because the portion of the public it doesn't take everybody to get fed up because some people are just going to eat anything and they don't care about high fructose corn syrup or the fact that soybean oil makes a better, uh, you know, uh, fuel than it does a cooking oil. And uh, that canola oil is there's no such thing as a canola plant and canola oil means Canadian oil with low acidity and is actually rapeseed oil. You know, this, this sort of thing, you know, they, I always get the biggest kick out of the number of people who use canola oil and I always bring the same thing up. What does it mean? What is a canola? Have you ever seen one? Yeah, Where does it come from? It's a beautiful tree, the canola. <laughs> the beautiful canola tree. And he's like, uh, I, uh, Anyway, they couldn't sell it as rapeseed oil because nobody would buy it. Well, I, I agree with you. I think the public is getting fed up. I, I watch C-SPAN every morning. Uh, it's the, the early morning show when you can call in and they have a independent line, a Democrat line, and a Republican line, which is kind of cool. So the people are huh. kind of pre-identified as they call in. And unfortunately, everyone sounds 80 
who calls in, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of who the bummer. Who else is the C-SPAN except you? It, but it's great. But it's farts. it's really good. It's it's really entertaining, particularly the the live Obama show, which seems to be just about every morning. Um, but you know now that everyone's getting upset, and and even though it's trivial in the in the true theft that is taking place and has already occurred you know these um these bonuses and people are getting really mad and in the meantime you know we've got fema building camps to throw the troublemakers in that's my opinion and uh we have bills like hr 45 which are intended to take away our guns which is kind of the cool thing about america is that we you know at the end of the day if we, and i don't think it's actually ever been has it ever been tried was We've never what? had a true coup attempt, have we? Uh, yeah, well, there was there was an, a there was a mild attempt on Roosevelt. Hmm. Uh, very interesting story. It was a, and it was by the Democrats, I might add. They tried to get uh, I think the guy's name was General Butler. Uh, this is on actually on the blog. I've, I found a good reference to it. Everyone knew about this. My dad actually told me about this when I was a little kid that he knew something about it. But the, the, all the documents have come out since, and the, the Democrats. Uh, didn't like Roosevelt. He was not one of their normal Democrats. He was kind of a combination of a Republican and a socialist in some funny way. And But he wasn't part of the system that they had, and they wanted to get rid of him. So they were going to do a coup, have General Butler, who was apparently very famous at the time, uh, take over the government, with, and they were all going to go along with it. Oh, yes, 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 claiming that the president was disabled. You know, because he had polio or something like that, and he couldn't function properly. Mm. And uh, the general, and I think the American military tends to be this way, uh, said, no, <laughs> basically. So you guys are crazy. And uh, the whole scheme fell apart. I'll put in a, a, another link to that in the blog because uh, it's really an interesting story. And that's the closest I think we've come. Um, but that is a part this, of, of the point of the Second Amendment is – to be able to overthrow the government or remove the government, is it not? Well, I think it's to protect the government. It, the idea is, is if you had a situation where the government was overthrown by the military, some of that, then you could arm and, and reinstall the right. Well, the government, government has been overthrown by the military industrial complex. It has happened. It's done. Well, it's in place. It's it's, it's not uh, obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, September 10th, 2001, Donald Rumsfeld says, and I quote, yeah, we can't find $2 trillion. <laughs> yeah, not obvious. That's right, they covered it up one day well, later. Well, they did. One day but later. The thing, the thing is, is that, you know, the people who were going on and on about how Bush was going to just take over and he was going to be the third, you know, he's going to take a third term and he was going to nuke Iran so they could stay in office and push off the elections. All this, none of this happened. These people were all crazy. But the same, I remember hearing the same crap, and it's always the, the, the Democrats who push these agendas, by the way. You know, you think all the Republicans have got all these conspiracy theories about this and that. Yeah, they have a few, but they don't keep thinking stuff like, like you know, the president's going to, declare martial law and then next thing you know it's going to be you know a third term for bush they said the exact same thing about nixon well oh, maybe, nixon was, maybe i remember this guy one writer mark rich i think is his name you know he said well nixon had it planned he was going to be in for the third term then it was going to be i swear to god he said that it was going to be crowned emperor and these people were actually <laughs> believing this <laughs> emperor nixon <laughs> that sounds kind of cool <laughs> I mean, we, th these guys are kind of emperors. We might as well make them that. Just call them by their name, you know. You know.
I got some cool album art for today's show, by the way. Yeah, Emperor yeah. Obama. No, no, no. It's uh, it's you and I. It's a cartoon. You and I throwing the O, and it's a uh, crackpot and and buzz and the buzzkill. You'll like it. Good. Hey, will, you, you, sure. know what, you know what just came out? The BBC just released the cool. Hudson plane crash audio. The missing tape oh, that the, I've been, the one looking, you've been for. looking for. Yeah, you want to listen and, to and it? I'm sure it sounds all spliced up. I, well, let's listen. I haven't heard it. You want to do it? It's only like a minute. Sure. Yeah. All right. all right. Let's go. Hold on a second. Uh, this is uh, Cactus 1539. Hit birds through Frost Thrust on both engines returning back towards LaGuardia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you need to return to LaGuardia. Turn left heading of uh, 220. 220. Sorry, stop your departures. Got emergency returning. It's 1529. He, he uh, bird strike. He lost all engine. He lost the thrust in the engines. He's returning immediately. See, 1529. See how come we don't hear that part? So, so we hear. I hate this. So we hear him say, "Bird strike." We're turning back, and then this guy calls the another controller, and he says, "Oh, he's lost thrust in both engines." How come we don't hear that part? I hate that. Yeah. Well, maybe he just uh, maybe the uh, the air traffic controller was just dreaming it. Well, let's listen. <laughs> Maybe it was in the script. Let's re let's listen to the to the rest of it. He lost thrust in both engines. He said, "Got it." Act is fifteen twenty nine. We can get it for you. Do you want to try to land one three one three? We're unable. We may end up in the Hudson. Act is fifteen forty nine. Runway four is available. If you want to make left after runway Hudson, four, Hudson, not an option. What's over to our right? Anything in New Jersey? Maybe Teterboro. Okay, yeah, off your right side is Teterboro Airport. Do you want to try to go to Teterboro? Yes. Teterboro, uh, <laughs> Empire. Actually, LaGuardia departure guy, emergency inbound. Hey, guys. Cactus 1529 over the George Washington Bridge wants to go to the airport right now. Wants to go to our airport. Check. Does he need assistance? Uh, yes, yeah, uh, it was a bird strike. Can I get him in for, uh, runway one? Runway one, that's good. Cactus 1529, turn right 280. You can land runway one at Teterboro. We can't do it. Okay, which runway would you like at Teterboro? We're going to be in the Hudson. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, we're going to be in the Hudson. Wow, so that was one minute and 20 seconds, and the guy made, th so of course it was edited. So it sounds like he made three phone calls, three separate phone calls to other controllers. I don't know, man. I just hate it. When, why don't they just release the raw audio? I hate it when they do this. I want to hear all the details. I want to hear how he called it in, you know, bird strike. That's all I get? We're going to be in the Hudson. It is kind of funny, though. I mean, you listen to it. The guy's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, 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 per that's like a Bruce Willis uh, vibe there. Yeah, 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 it's like, totally. It's like, well, you know, whatever. So, but here, here's, here's the piece of the audio that we're missing when he says, you want to go to Teterboro, you know, the piece of the audio, which I'm sure we'll find in the cockpit uh, voice recorder, is, fuck no, I hate Teterboro. It's always got a crosswind. What a piece of shit airport. I don't want to go there. I'd rather go into the Hudson. <laughs> That's the piece we're missing. They edited the good stuff out, I tell you. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be in the Hudson. It's a good one. It's like total John Wayne stuff, man. It's beautiful. You, 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 you could make that stuff up, you know. Yeah. We should probably do a, a takeoff on the whole thing. Okay, let's see what we got here for last Saturday. I had a couple of notes. See if we can make this uh, uh, we, make we, sense. Yeah, we had a we had a note to ourselves, John, that uh, at least twice an episode we would play an Obama joke. Obama!
just wanted to keep the quote up. Yeah, that's good. Um, and that's actually kind of a, a snap. It sounds radio-ish. It makes this, it makes this show sound lively. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I have five of them, so I can intertwine them and make new remixes. We'll have enough to last us a year. We should probably throw in some of that in the morning stuff, too. You might as well pull a clip from that. Well, we should also do uh, 100 Days, Day 17, Obama in the Morning FM Radio. Yeah, we should. To, to really annoy our listeners. <laughs> Not to get off on it. They're throwing so the O on the Skype chat, by the way. So who's the? Uh, we got to get that website up. Uh, no, no, say no more. Uh-huh. So now I'm, I've got these notes. These are from last week or last Saturday. Um, one says YouTube. Does that ring a bell? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've heard of the, I've heard of YouTube. Oh, hold on, one. hold on, hold on, John. There's a longer. Pe- uh, you won't be able to hear that. No, never mind. Uh, Here's another note I made. Yeah. Uh, finish cussing. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It rings a bell, but you weren't supposed to bring it up on the show. You were supposed to have some finished cuss words. Oh, finish! I yeah. guess it's finish. No, it says it's two fi- oh, I, oh no! But it's, okay, a, it's no, but it's irrelevant now because they're quitting the show. Oh, they always quit. Yeah, no, they're quitting the show because they're like, well, if those guys are going to do two no agendas, we can't do two no yo agendas. That's going to cut too much into my family time. <laughs> oh, yeah, so much work. Yeah. Drag <laughs> about something they just heard. <laughs> you, know, they could, you know, the other thing is they could just do the one yo agenda show about the Saturday show. Yeah. I mean, and we, it's just skip us. Yeah. We don't, you know. Yeah. Okay. We finally beaten them back. They obviously can't can't stand hack the heat. it. Can't hack it. Okay. Here's another one. IPO versus fifty five, and I've got fifty five circled. IPO versus fifty five, and fifty five is circled. I P- IPO versus fifty five. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to have to pass. I'm going to have to pass, Alec. Alex. Alex. Alex Trebek. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that the only reason that the... uh, I think I may have mentioned this on a Cranky Geeks yesterday or the day before. Yesterday. Uh, I've come to the conclusion, I haven't written this up, but that the only reason for the entire financial collapse is because they created all these crazy real estate investment deals that were all you know packaged and sold and bought and sold and bought. Mainly because there was no IPO market to rip off and scam. Oh, the okay, yeah, uh, very good point. Very good point. Ever since Sarbanes Oxley, you can blame on Sarbanes Oxley. Yeah, which how old is that now? Eight years? Seven? I think it came in in two thousand two, I believe. So about seven years. Yeah. Fantastic! So Great job. Yeah. No, that, that's a that's a very good point. Yeah, because these guys are always making money on the, you know, on the on betting on these IPO deals, and they were always packaging them up. There, all the time was spent doing those things. There were no IPOs last year. One, maybe. I'll never forget when we when we took our company public. You get the infamous pricing meeting the evening before. So essentially, the underwriter, um, the the bank, uh, looks at their book, their order book, and yes, they have maybe ten people who will each say they'll take twenty percent, but they know they really won't. You know. And they just look at all all the all the shares, and they look at how much money needs to be raised, and of course, really how much money they're going to take in fees, warrants, uh, and all kinds of other tricky stuff. Um, and then they have a little something 
left uh, behind the scenes called the was it the green shoe. So if you need more shares to to make up the amount of money the company needs to raise, you know, there's more. It's all kinds of tricks and all kinds of shit going on. And then you have that pricing meeting. And for a number of reasons, we had to be priced at, uh, and this was very, very early. This was before dot-com mania. This was 96. And we actually were a company making money. And uh, so, But we need to go out at like $7 a share. It was very small IPO. And so they said, no, nah, it has to be 6 bucks. And you know, there were a number of reasons with yeah with investors pre pre the IPO that it had to be a minimum of 7 and and we just left we walked the deal and of course you know they wouldn't let it bust but it was just amazing to see how but like clockwork you know if you read a book about going public this is exactly what happens and it's one big scam they're all horn pole dance beard drinking cheats yeah so they went to a they couldn't do that anymore, so they had to find something else to do, and they screwed it up because they weren't used to it. They never saw there's anything like this. Um, here's another one that's on the list. Who started the 100 days? Yes, idea? yeah, that we were talking about that. We talked about it after we stopped recording. And, and, right. and you see the graphics everywhere. I know that it's now day 17 of, of the first 100 days. And yeah. who started it and why? Because it's illogical. A quarter, everything goes by quarters, so it would be 90 days. Well, the first time I remember it, although I, I, somebody might give me an uh, earlier reference, and maybe one of our listeners can, uh, and maybe there was something to do with Roosevelt, because, again, you know, everything is Roosevelt, Roosevelt, so it might have been a Roosevelt thing. I mean, there may have been a 100-day deal with Roosevelt, but the first one I personally remember experiencing was the 100 days of the Macintosh from Steve Jobs. He uh. had his 100-day, when he rolled out the first Mac in 1984, it was going to be this 100 days, we've got to do this, it's our goal. We have 100 days to do this and 100 days to do that, the 100 days to sell so many machines. And after the 100 days, you know, they accomplished it, and that was that. But it, they made a big deal out of it. Mm. Well, Jobs isn't original, so be, it's very likely that he was the first one to come up with it. Maybe, but yeah. I doubt it. Hmm. I just doubt it. I just have a sense that I don't think so. But if it if if nobody can come up with a, another one that actually you know it has to be also be if you find the hundred day thing it has to ha have some influence. In other words, it would have to have been a Roosevelt or a Reagan or some president or some big thing or a Ford Motor Company. It couldn't be just you know Joe Schmuck down the street at the Chamber of Commerce came up with a hundred day plan. And, yeah, that's where it started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe it did start with FDR. Who knows. Yeah, it just sounds like an FDR thing to me. Uh, and the fact that Obama's, you know, trying to be FDR. Yeah, look, here's another one. Looking forward. Here's another one. I have a, a squiggly arrow pointing at a square box. <laughs> and inside the square box are the numbers 101 and 102. And the number 101 is circled. Wow. I don't know. Now, this comes right after it says, who started 100 days and I have an arrow that goes over and then dog legs down and says Obama breakdown. And then I have, that's where these two numbers appear, 101 and 102. So it may have something to do with 100 days. Is there 101, 102? I don't know. That was, prob some... was probably your own little thought thing there. You didn't yeah, share it with me. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I mean, what's the point of making notes if this is what you end up with? Very good question, John. And here's another one. This one's at an angle and it's circled. <laughs> And it's the number 102.44. 102.44 FM, everybody. It's GCD in the morning. 102.44. Yeah. 
Yeah, so maybe somebody can help there. Maybe somebody had a temperature. Not sure. Switching gears, former Vice President Dick Cheney warned that there is a high probability that terrorists will attempt a catastrophic nuclear or biological attack in the coming years, and he fears that Obama's administration policies will make it more likely the attempt will succeed. <laughs> that guy never gives up. He's fantastic, now, isn't he? <laughs> he's unbelievable. So somebody said this on one of these show, uh, one of these talk shows, and I can't remember who it was or where, but I, you know, I would, I'd credit him. <laughs> what they said, Dick Cheney comes in. He supposedly had, you know, some sort of, you know, fell down or hurt himself, so he had to be in a wheelchair for the Obama inauguration speech. And if you see the pictures there, you'll see him sitting next to Bush, and he's in this wheelchair. Yeah, like Doctor Evil. Con- the guy's comment was, I think it was, you know who I think it was is the guy. I think it was uh, Tom Brokaw. No, it was D.L. Hughley. D.L. Hughley said this. He says, the reason for this is because he didn't want to ever have to stand during Obama's speech. No way. He said that? That's funny. It's, uh, as soon as he said it, I said, that could be it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he t- doesn't want to stand. I mean, Obama's coming in. All everyone has to stand up, right? The president comes in. He doesn't have to because he's in a wheelchair, so screw you. <laughs> <laughs> it could be true. I think I heard Tom Brokaw say he looks like Dr. Evil. It was- oh, yeah, well, he, he did say that. Brokaw's gone kind of nutty. But uh, so I've got this. Another thing I want to blog. I've Who met him. First- he's a cool guy, Brokaw. I, I think he smokes dope and a lot of it. He looks like he does. Mm-hmm. He kind of talks a little bit like he does. Well, well, I was smoking uh, marijuana today. Uh, he looks like uh, Dr. Evil. He does that too a lot. I'd say I went to blog entry for the FDR. I said I was going to blog something else. Vice President Cheney, let me ask you. I'm Tom Brokejaw. <laughs> That's getting there. <laughs> so um, there's this picture. I'm going to blog it today. I keep promising this, and I haven't done it wow, yet. Wow, the guy is amazing. Protecting the country's security is a tough, mean, dirty, nasty business, he said. These are evil. Yeah, these are evil people, and we're not going to win this fight by turning the other cheek, Obama. Wow, <laughs> that's outrageous. Well, yeah, he should just shut up. For real. Um, anyway, there's this picture. I'm going to blog it. I'll try to do it this afternoon or tonight. It's a super high-resolution, multi-megapixel shot of the inauguration audience with Obama in the middle. I've seen that, and there's another one from... There was another one that I saw that was not the ones you sent me. It's from GlobalEye.com, I think. Yeah. From, and that's taken and from top, from the top. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, Look at... You can, read, you can read the tag on the women's bras. When you it's unbelievable. In, it's just outrageously beautiful. So anyway, so this one that I sent you a copy of mm-hmm. uh, has, uh, you know, you could, I was looking for Maggie, <laughs> and you know, in our office, and she was in that audience somewhere. I couldn't find her. But I, but there's a lot of other people that are missing. I couldn't find John Doerr, for example, in any of the. What I loved is, I love the expressions on everyone's faces. Did you zoom in and look at uh, Biden and look at... Uh, yeah, Biden the... was put over in the peanut gallery. What's mm-hmm. he doing over there? That's why he was looking so prunish. I thought that Biden was given a, the, the bums rush. I mean, you can tell by where they sat these people who was going to, you know, important. what was the situation. Yeah. And Biden yeah. looks like he's out. 
Well, he and, is. He, he's on that listening tour for the next six months. So they shipped yeah, him so off. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely out of the picture. Yeah, because you know, because uh, the, you know what I think? I think Biden actually uh, has some heart for the country, and he's making trouble, and he wants to really do something, and so they've they've tuned his chip or whatever, and said, okay, you now will help middle class go on listening tour, report back, because I, I think the guy might actually. Have some real yeah, spirit. In I'm him. more of the opinion that they're going to screw him. They're going to put him in the penalty box for a while for something he may have said during the campaign. You know, th- it's interesting you bring that up. I, this whole uh, Blagojevich business. This guy must have pissed off someone somehow. Because I was thinking back to you know how did all this come out, and, and all of a sudden there were audio tape. I mean, we can't get the audio tape of a of the of the hero Sullenberg. Flying into the Hudson, landing in the Hudson, ditching for four weeks, yet no problem. Within minutes, we've got the Blagojevich phone tapes of him, you know, basically selling the Senate seat, which I'm sure is business as usual across the entire government. He must have pissed someone off real bad. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised, especially in Chicago. We need to, I need to understand more. Chicago politics, there's a lot going on there, and historically, yeah, you know, we should know because our president is from there, and he comes from that pool. Yeah, uh, is it Daly? Is Daly the 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 Don? Yeah, Daly. He well, he you know took over from his other from his father, who was the original guy, and then they had a bunch of boneheads in the middle, and Richard Jr. took over, and he's running the show. And you know he runs it. You know Chicago's always been run with a kind of a mob like uh, style. With a big boss. Which I kind of like. I don't mind it. I think that's kind of cool. It works. You know, Chicago is not the worst place in the world. Uh, although I think it's becoming kind of, it's starting to fall apart. I'm not going to blame any ethnic group, but. Um, but while I'm at it. Well, maybe I shouldn't even go there. You lived in Chicago, right? Only when I was a little kid. Mm. and uh, But I still go back there because there's a lot of meetings and things that happen in Chicago, and I'm always driving around. And, I, you know, I rent, I'm a Californian, so I rent cars. And uh, so I'm always driving around. And I think the out, Chicago is becoming, I think it's going to have the second biggest uh, Latino population outside of Mexico City shortly. Mm. Mm. I'll tell you, you can, get, you can get as good a taco or... <laughs> Seriously, it's not, you know, it's no longer known for its deep dish pizza. It's now home of the taco. I'm telling you, they got good tacos there. I mean, they have we have good tacos in the San Francisco Bay Area. And there's lots of great ones on San Diego. And of course, if you go to Mexico, you might find them there, too. But um, Chicago's just got just unbelievable. But it seems to be uh, seems to be a huge influx. Now, they may be that may be reversing because now that it seems that they're Cracking down on uh, well, wasn't illegals. there wasn't there a lot of um, construction going on in Chicago for the past twenty thirty years? I don't know. I don't notice it. Hmm. I, I do have a question, John. Your notes are so interesting to me, and I do love playing the "What the frig did John write down a week ago?" game. Um, but how in in the devil do you manage to write a book? I mean, you. You don't take notes properly. How can you ever reconstruct it to create? I mean, don't you have to take notes when you're doing your in- investigative work for? I do. No, I. Or, or is this I book just, more phantom than I think it is? No, no, the book is actually done. No, it is, I, the way you do it is you write, 
Taking notes and then using them later has never been an effective method for me to do anything, uh, it, unless I have the one big idea. Like I'll have a th- the best kind of notes that I make are thematic. Do you just write so it in I'll, Word or do you use an outliner of any type? Or I don't use your... an outliner. I just write. I write straight up. Do you use a and Remington typewriter? I use an Olympics. <laughs> an Olympics. <laughs> I, I blew the joke. I, I can't remember the name of the typewriter company. Uh, I think it's Olympus or Olympic. I'm not sure. Anyway. Um, no, you just write. You just go for it, and then you go back and you you. What you do is you want to, you you kind of do it in a reverse manner. You have information that you don't know the specifics of, and you just leave that blank. Or actually, you put a code in so you can always search for these spots, and then you write everything you can, and then you go back and you fill in these blanks mm-hmm. uh, that confirm your, whatever it was you were writing. But generally speaking, when I take a note for anything I'm writing about, I'll just – and I only write short essays generally, but uh, – and a book can be a series of them. Uh, I'll write – like the column I'm working on now for PC Mag is uh, the New York Times, and it's uh, thinking about making the online edition a subscription where you have to pay – and so I'm writing a column about how, what a stupid idea that is. <laughs> that doesn't take a lot if, of if, notes. If, you, if you've got a multi-billion-dollar business idea, no worries. Here comes Buzzkill. Buzzkill will ruin your plans. Fantastic. <laughs> so I don't need a lot of notes. So I mean, it's like doing this show. I mean, this, you know, this conversation. I have a lot of information that I've accumulated. It's just not decipherable. Well, when you write it down on a piece of paper as 102.44, well, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Maybe that's a bill. Somebody called me and said, hey, you owe us $102.44. <laughs> the only thing, but I usually put a dollar sign in front of it, but I didn't. Well, I was thinking it could be a stock price maybe or. Hmm. But it wouldn't be 40. You no, know, maybe. No, I don't think so. I don't know. I have no idea. I also have another one note on here. It says Ravens talking. I kind of know what that's about. And then uh, Kirby Hensley, which I'll save for another show. Since you mentioned you were in the Universal Life Church, I'm not just a member. I'm a grand poobah. <laughs> grand poobah. You know, you at one point Hensley would give you a. You know, uh, we visited him, which I'll tell the story in more detail in some other show. Uh, he's he's the he, uh, the founder of the Universal Life Church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He uh, said, so you want a uh, Ph.D.? <laughs> <laughs> he said, what do you want a Ph.D.? The and whole Senate's full of them. Anything. And he, I said, oh, maybe. I, I ended up getting a doctor of divinity. So, uh, <laughs> You're crazy. Oh, so I, I could put John C. DeVore, D.D. I just got an email from Bobby Eden. Uh, that's Patricia's porn star friend. Oh. God, B-O-B-B-I, if you want to Google her. Hey, and um, the last thing I had in my notes, which I kind of bitched about, yes, I did a source code yesterday. Um, people have pointed out to me that my money honey, Aaron Burnett, that she's uh, that she's one of them. She what do you was, mean one of? She worked at Goldman Sachs. She was at uh, Council on Foreign Relations. I mean, she's total program job, and I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken. Aaron Burnett was on the Council of Foreign Relations. That must have been boring. <laughs> It's the organization. All all those inside fuckers belong to it. Everybody. So Rush Limbaugh, you know, has he's got a, a affection for her. Oh He's really? Talking about her? Oh, yeah. Shit. Well, he can have I her now. He can have her. Times. He can have her. He can have her. I, I'm I'm done with her already. She's reptilian. 
It's no, hard no, no, to find no. out. This is one I, of the I casualties of to, war. I find it hard to believe that she was. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, what? what I don't well, get. Well, when, when you see Goldman Sachs, what was she doing there? Well, she well, she was an analyst. I think she. When you hear her speak on, she was on Meet the Press, and it really was. There's a YouTube video about it. It, it really was pretty clear that she's trying to tell the stupid people that you know these bonuses weren't really from TARP money. It goes in, that money goes into a special pool. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was pretty pathetic. It really yeah, was. I like that. That's like the uh, no, yeah. We're, we're not. We're going. We were losing money. We've lost ten billion dollars, and we're going to take this tarp money well, and no, put it in a no, special she, she pool. But I'm going to give better. myself a billion from the ten billion we lost, so we're going to have lost eleven billion. Well, she did it even better. Steve Forbes was at the table. Speaking of. And she said, well, you know, so like, say we're a bank and I'm over here and uh, my department lost a billion dollars. But Steve over there, his department gained a billion dollars. Now, we still lost a billion dollars, but shouldn't Steve be compensated with a bonus for the great job he did? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Did my she say that? Really? Yeah, she said that. Exactly like that. I went flaccid. I was just, oh, man. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was painful. And then I look at her bio and like, she's total reptile insider. It's it, no wonder, no wonder these these morons, the ones who aren't in the game on Wall Street, these morons are looking at her, you know, going, hey, yeah, I'll invest in that, Aaron. Yeah, I'm going to go for gold. I'm going to go for oil, uh, whatever. It's got to be some kind of hypnotic thing they've got going on with her because it's sort of working on me. Hmm. There is a strategy behind her, no doubt. And I'm very upset. Apparently, maybe I could still cure her. Yeah, right. I, I could make her better. Huh? I worked with her a couple of times, more than a couple actually. She mm -hmm. does that show that I was doing a lot on CNBC. Which show is that? Yeah, she's, uh, she's Mark, uh, the, I don't know, lunch thing? street signs, street signs, street signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one that Kramer comes on all time, all, all all the time. Oh, he comes on. You know, the guy comes on. He, he doesn't do so much, but he'd come on and he kill he kill half the show, and we'd get bumped. Oh, really? Because uh. they couldn't get him off the air. So uh, you worked in the studio with her? No, no, I worked in, I've been to the studio, but I, I, I generally work out of San Francisco, and they just beam it in on a satellite. Or an ISDN line, I guess. And how was she off the air? Was she nice? Was she sweet? Was she... I never saw her in person. Pretty. That's the weird thing about it. I met almost all the other. No, women no, but, there but, but when when you're not on the air yet, does she say oh, no, hi, she's John? Great. And, oh. Oh, she's fantastic. Wow. <laughs> well, it's hurting me. I mean, I'm just saying. No, she's got all the girls are or women. Sorry, because one of them is probably uptight. And, the blonde uh, one. The blonde one. There's a bunch of blonde ones, so you don't know which one. The um, the one who the one who does lunch, power lunch. She's oh, the little, one that looks like Goldie Hawn? A little bit, yeah, 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 yeah. that's her. She yeah, seems I mean, pretty I talked to her. Me. I told her she looked like Goldie Hawn, and she thought that was... I, I, it went was that one a score? Two she, was that a score? She, she thought it was a good compliment. Yeah, but have you seen, have you seen Goldie Hawn? She didn't know Hawn? who the hell Goldie yeah, Hawn was. Right. It was one of the two, and I couldn't quite figure out which. Goldie Hawn looks pretty road-weary these days. She's 90. She's not 90, John. You're older than Goldie Hawn. I told the woman she looks like a young Goldie Hawn. Right. But Goldie Hawn just refuses to uh, participate in the Hollywood game of uh, uh, regular maintenance. You mean pulling her face up with operations? Yes. 
That is yeah. that is the game. She doesn't have to. She's an executive producer now. She does mostly. You know, uh, people don't realize how much she has done in in the field of production and how incredibly successful she's been. All they can ever think of, oh, Private Benjamin. Well, she's done a little bit more than that. It always bothers me. You see these gossip shows. Oh, Goldie Hawn. <laughs> They'll laugh at her. Oh, she's got cellulite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's uh, pretty much uh, not playing that game. She's going to age gracefully. Although with people making comments like she's road wary, I don't know. Maybe she's going to be pressured to do something. I just uh, received um, an email with the Troubled Asset Relief Program status of efforts to address transparency and accountability issues. Is that the PDF you were talking about? Uh, no. This is very. This is I was from, talking about the Madoff list. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. No, you're right. It was something else. This is also interesting. I'll have to forward this to you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is uh, the total dispersed $293.7 billion. Capital purchase program, $194 billion. Fantastic. Automotive industry financing program. How much do you think we've spent so far on the automotive industry? Two billion. Nineteen point five. Wow. Interesting, huh? Oh, cool. It's got a timeline. Oh, this is this is from the GAO. Oh, you gotta send me that. This sounds good. Yeah, this is let me just thank the person who sent this to me. Eric Blazinski says, I asked my congressman where is the transparency, and they sent me a document on TARP. Allocation of $293 billion. List every bank how much they received. Here's the link. Where did the rest go? And where the hell did it come from? <laughs> Is the Fed buying U.S. Treasuries to fund this? Question mark, question mark. John? I, I have no idea. I think it's a, it's a, it's a you know, house of cards. You know, it hit me, and, and this will be the final, final word out of me for this show. This is basically economic hitman in reverse. Because now we have, you know, this whole buy American, which Obama has had to basically retract because, of course, it's the Chinese who want to come in with their steel. And it's, it's, I mean, it's almost like what we've done to Africa for the past 50, 40 years or longer than that, where, okay, we're going to lend you all this money. And now when you can't possibly pay it back, uh, we're going to start uh, making demands like uh, you're going to take our shit. We're going to sell you our shit so we can get our money back in the, with profit. Isn't this just a complete reverse economic hitman? Economic hitman turned in on itself. You agree? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I had to watch it play out. I don't know what the scheme is. Well, the IMF is in on the is on in on the game. It's just it's well, yeah. look everyone know, everyone went where the money is. Everyone's in in East Asia. That's where all the big money guys are off to. And you know, the, mm -hmm. and the Chinese, as one example, have been lending us you know trillions of dollars. And, and so, what you're implying is that essentially the uh, whole uh, or you know our gov government apparatus and everything that works for that has been working for Americans to improve our lot in life have basically sold us out. Yes, mm. absolutely, and and I believe there's a lot of really good people in. Government, I think there's a lot of really good civil servants, but they are probably too afraid, don't want to make waves. They've got a job. <clears throat> uh, some of them do. Some stand up, and they're just they're still a little misguided in what they say and, and what they latch on to. They don't really see the big picture. But, yeah, in general, I think the whole system is completely 
corrupt from inside out and, and just look at Wall Street, just look at the, the, the bailout, just look at the SEC, the whole Madoff thing, who, by the way, was one of the creators of NASDAQ. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure that this thing and, you know, hello, awake all of a sudden. Do we see what's going on? If there's smoke, there's fire. If it smells like shit, looks like shit and tastes like shit, it's probably shit. A moment in our history. At this defining moment, change has come to America. A government of the people, by the people, and for the people has not perished from the earth. This is your victory. We are and always will be the United States of America. Lovely. Well, I think that you're uh, just putting everybody on a bummer. <laughs> I'm sorry to do that. But that's what you can expect from Crackpot, which I am. And and Buzzkill. So is it and I think it works better if it's... I'm not the one making... You're, you're more of a Buzzkill than me. I well, just want to throw that out Well, there. what if it's not specified, dude? No one said yeah, I that... I think it's Crackpot and Buzzkill and Dvorak. <laughs> it's, I think it should be Crackpot and the Buzzkill. There should be a the in there. It shouldn't just be... Okay, I like the. I like the. So yeah, better. you feel better now? You feel better that you've got a, a little the thing like King, King Buzzkill? Like the Buzzkill. The Buzzkill. Crackpot and the Buzzkill, everybody, in the morning. All right, well, we'll talk again on the weekend and see if we can uh, see if we can make, sustain this level of uh, information since, you know, we did another hour and a half. I'd like to get it down to an hour. Oh, I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, it's hard to stop. <laughs> of course, I have to go do Tech 5 Top 5, which I'm going to have to do tomorrow or this afternoon now because I'm going to miss my... Oh, always bitching and moaning. Yep. Okay. That's what a buzzkill does. So Saturday or Sunday? Well, we'll see what happens. Saturday, probably. Saturday, I agree. Okay. Uh, coming to you from the place in space they know as Gitmo Nation East in southwest London in the Curry Terrace. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak here in northern Silicon Valley, the Gitmo Nation. We'll talk to you again very soon on No Agenda. <laughs>